Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I tweeted out earlier today, hey class, how about national video contests to support the most carefully thought out political suggestions or politician suggestions? First subject, creative ways to eat using your fingers. Perhaps Stephen Gilbo could be the judge. So you can find that at, at The Roy Green Show. When I'm on Twitter, I also go to Blacklock's reporter at Minding Ottawa to find out what's going on in our national city, uh, national capital. And uh, Tom Korski is, of course, the executive editor of Blacklock's and is a guest on this program. We always enjoy having Tom on. Do you think that'd be a good idea? So if, you know, when, when we have a federal government minister who makes a brilliant suggestion to Canadians, like eat with your fingers, that we have a video contest and then that particular minister can be the judge. And when you win the contest, Tom, I don't know what you get. Plastic straws, maybe. I'm not sure. The, the video is the key. This, <laughs> this, this is the central point, though, about eating with your hands. I can't. <laughs> I can't wait. This is what I thought. What I'd like people to do is just create a video of eating with your fingers and then tag it on to my tweet at the Roy Green Show, and we'll see what, what happens. And then perhaps the minister will be so inspired that he will say, I want to judge this. It just it has, it has limitless potential, Tom. It is endless, isn't it? It's interesting, though. I know where you're headed with this. <laughs> there was some in-house research. Yes, that's where I'm going. And it was by the Department of Health, not Minister Gibo's department. It was another department. And they asked people, what really upsets you about the environment? What do you see as a, as a personal risk, a health risk? And it turns out that plastic straws and forks were way down the list behind marijuana smoke, flushing prescription drugs down the toilet, tobacco, that's a given. Uh, plastic straws were way down, way down. 66% of Canadians, I hope you're sitting down for this one, Roy, don't care about the health risk of single-use plastics. God, I'm shocked. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? As you were talking, I thought, when's the last time I used a plastic straw? And I cannot remember. I also can't remember the last time I used a plastic fork or a plastic knife because I like to use my fingers. No, seriously, I, don't, I can't remember, Tom, the last time I used a plastic fork or a plastic knife or a straw. I don't Although, remember. You know what your friends would say, Roy? What, I mean, when was the last time you got some poutine from a food truck? There's no other way. I mean, you need that plastic fork. Well, you could eat it with your fingers and it's, uh, the, one hand above the get, other. That starts to get unappetizing for those who have to watch, however. <laughs> it it right? does. It, it just takes me back to what I said to you last time we talked, and that was I cannot recall a time previous to this where a federal government minister with some significant responsibility gave this kind of advice to Canadians. This is from a federal minister Eat with your fingers. What I find, though, is I think people appreciate it, Roy. Everyone wakes up in the morning looking for that kind of... <laughs> they're looking for that kind of guidance. <laughs> I mean, who, who does it? Oh. First thing in the morning, <laughs> you want to turn on the radio, and you want that sort of instruction on how to perform the most basic functions over the course of your day. This Everyone morning. loves that. This it's morning. always an attractive quality. Yeah, this morning as you're eating your breakfast, remember to use your fingers. 
Okay, so uh, another story that you have at uh, Black Locks. This is take this one uh, seriously because um, I've had enough of this. Uh, the, um, Alexander Graham Bell is being targeted, and you know there are times we look at our history, and people did things differently in other part different times of the world, and we should we should know about it. We should explain it to it to ourselves, and and they can be teaching moments, but. Some of this uh, revisionism of uh, of our Canadian history has to stop. I've had enough of it. So please share with us what this one's about. It's interesting, uh, Roy, but but it won't stop. What what happened was uh, three years ago, Cabinet issued a directive, and the directive went to an organization called the Historical Sites and Monuments Board. This is the big machine, the federal board that goes around and decides who gets a plaque. They've been doing it since 1990. Appointments, right? Appointment positions, right, Tom? Uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Cabinet appoints them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you, oh, you don't elect those people. Yeah. And, and the board got this directive, and the guidance from Cabinet said, it was an instruction, like eat with your hands, and, and the instruction was, be on the lookout for colonialism, patriarchy, and racism. Now, when anyone hears that, you say, well, sure, if we had an Adolf Hitler mountain, that should really go. But the problem is there aren't that many Hitlers. Let's be candid. The problem is the big machine lurches into gear, and then you get the idea they're coming into work every day, and they can't wait to see what's in the complaint box because it's a grievance-driven system. What on God's earth would anyone have to object when it comes to Alexander Graham Bell? Well, there are members of the deaf community. By the way, none of the members of the Historical Sites and Monuments Board are hearing impaired who object to Bell's advice in circa 1885. He uh, opposed sign language. His whole theory was hearing impaired people should assimilate into the mainstream. He didn't want sign language. He says this as a man whose mother was hearing impaired, whose wife was hearing impaired, who devoted himself to the education of hearing impaired children. What people forget is, Bell does this in a day. This is an amazing man, a great Bradford Ontarian, an incredible inventor, and a, a, almost a genius for predictive. Uh, he, he foresaw flight and aerial warfare and uh, methods of social aid. What was his? He lived in a day when the disabled community were treated as shut-ins. That's what people forget. I know that you are interested in Canadiana, Roy. We've done a lot of work with history in the past. Never make the mistake of judging our predecessors by today's sense you of You can't life. do it. You can't do it. You cannot do it. And we do such a miserable job in this country of teaching our own history to our own upcoming generations I think there are five provinces, there were a few years ago, five provinces, Tom, that had Canadian history as part of the secondary school curriculum, as a defined part of the curriculum. We did programs on that. If you, if you have a history uh, course, and it's taught, and it's taught properly, and you have discussion in the classroom, then you have questions that are raised. A 16-year-old might say, hey, What's with that thinking by Gray, Alexander Graham Bell? What's with that? You didn't think that way. And then you can start to have a truly meaningful, 
context-driven conversation and discussion. But to walk in and say, we're just going to take away, we're going to write them out of Canadian history, no, enough, enough. I, I agree. I, I agree, Roy. And I don't say this flippantly. If you are going to start to uh, have struggle sessions against dead people, the next step is to have struggle sessions about fictional people. Uh, what about Rip Van Winkle? What was his position on Well, hasn't that happened? You know, it, it, it's nonsensical. Yeah, it, I... it becomes nonsensical, self-destructive. Kim Campbell, not a prime minister I quote often, Roy. She said there's a lot of buttons to push in this country, East, West, Catholic, Protestant, country, city. Don't go around pushing buttons. And that's all we seem to do these days. Yeah, this, is, this one really bothers me. Okay, now uh, let's try this. Blacklock's reporter, Hatton Binding, Ottawa, August 11. Are you kidding? You know names of legislators, even city councillors, on the People's Republic payroll? You have to name names. Unbelievable. Commons Ethics Committee. Testimony from a former Asia-Pacific desk director for the Federal Spy Agency. That's the, uh, the uh, CSIS. Everyone knows CSIS. Testifies. It is happening now, quote, unquote. We know of public office holders at the municipal level, provincial legislatures, parliament, we will not name them, who we know for a fact are on the take, have taken money from foreign agents who are acting not in the best interests of Canadian national security. MPs said, in their words, they were flabbergasted by the testimony. The obvious question was, why wouldn't you tell the world? Why, why wouldn't every, let alone the electors, why wouldn't you identify these people? It's going to be interesting to see where this goes, uh, Roy. There is a committee, and I know you follow these committees. Uh, you just played Matthew Green. That was in uh, the Public Emergency Committee. Yes. Yep. There's a committee coming back after Labor Day, the Canada-China Relations Committee. Job one, if this is the case, that we have a federal agency that knows of legislators who are in the pay of the People's Republic of China, we're not keeping that a secret anymore. Canadians have a right to know that. We do. And given the developments of this week, time for some search warrants. Uh, I, I, I'm all for police raids. I have... Yes. Four o'clock in the morning. the photographers. Four o'clock in the morning, right? You just sleep in and then they're knocking on your door. I really don't have anything. Just... I don't really don't have anything. So you reported uh, this week, uh, August 10th, Tom, they not only failed every single audit, they literally could not run a mask warehouse podcast. Public Health Agency, Government Canada Health contracts medals to honor every employee for pandemic performance. So I added this, a medal for pandemic performance? Same government which refused to a platinum jubilee medal for deserving and publicly nominated Canadians on the occasion of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth's platinum jubilee. So... Please, explain. Public Health Agency, I guess, thinks they did a great job. No one else does, and certainly no auditor who's ever looked at the books. And they couldn't run a mask warehouse. Their pandemic management has been disastrous. In fact, there have been serious people, legislators, suggest that there was criminal liability here. Did they fail to do or do things that badly 
that they should have known would result in injury or death? Those are serious questions, but not at the public health agency. And we saw that they are hiring contractors to award themselves, themselves, <laughs> a not only a COVID medallion, like a pandemic hero medallion, but it has to come in a velvet box. There are very specific instructions. <laughs> the velvet box was crucial here, Why? <laughs> 5,000 of them. Now, the, why, why 5,000? Well, there's 4,995 employees at the public health agency. We, we can only guess that's in case maybe Jerry loses his in the parking lot. <laughs> They're going to have some spares at the security <laughs> desk. But the, uh, a COVID hero medallion in a velvet box, if you work at the public health agency, great job. I did a great job. Look at the medallion. Do they get a copy of the Little Red Book at the same time? Honestly, you know, uh, Roy, this one reminded us of, you want to compare and contrast. There were, there, there, I know one other metal story, I'll keep it short, of uh, workers at the mint factory in Winnipeg in 2020 said, you know, we have some surplus stainless steel and nickel plating. What can we do? And someone said, why don't we come up with a, a COVID, a pandemic hero medal? And I know we can sell them for $10. The workers will volunteer their time. We'll sell them for $10 so people can give them to nurses, doctors, you know, frontline workers, bus drivers, yeah. doesn't matter. And we're going to donate every penny to the breakfast club program that delivers hot meals to poor school children. They raised over almost three quarters of a million dollars. The number of mint workers who awarded themselves a medal was zero. How's that for hero? Exactly. Public health agency, they not not heroes. They're not, not heroes. heroes. I know they don't. I know they think otherwise, Roy. We also have the case of uh, Private Jess La Rochelle, who is a Canadian Forces soldier. Victoria Cross. Victoria Cross. Right. Yeah, and the uh, the the effort was made to provide or to award the Victoria Cross to Private La Rochelle, and the Liberals defeated the motion, and the Department of National Defense said public opinion isn't going to change our minds. I just want to tell our listeners that tomorrow we're going to try to change that, or at least we'll start uh, the uh, the objective, because that's absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. But the uh, public health agency people, they get their, their velvet-boxed mementos for their great work. It's got to be velvet. It has to be velvet. <laughs> Not the cheap stuff. <laughs> <laughs> How's the velvet importation thing going with the supply chain problems? <laughs> they, 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 they lost, by their own count, they lost $106 million given advance payments to shoddy contractors. <laughs> this, this is one of the many amazing hits uh, that, that happened when the public health agency went to the plate in this pandemic. Right. $106 million. You never see that money again. Never see that money again. All right, so uh, what about this uh, work-at-home situation, work-at-home saves, Pub Department of Public Works? Tell us about that, please. Well, if you recall in the early innings of the pandemic, the Prime Minister, in his own words, said enough is enough. Uh, you must work from home. Ottawa became, at that moment, the work-at-home capital of Canada, 47% by StatsCan estimate. 47% of the city's workforce worked from home. No other city came close. Most cities, it was maybe 15, 20, 25 percent. Almost half in Ottawa. It's a public service town. It turns out that 230,000, by federal estimate, 230,000 federal employees are still working from home. Here we're going to year three of the pandemic. And the Department of Public Works is trying to, I guess, look at the bright side and said, look at all the money. <laughs> look at 
I got to say this straight face. Look at all the money we're saving. If people just worked at home in perpetuity, we we could save some money on every time. <laughs> On office space, Roy. Anytime you hear a federal agency, look at all the money we could save. You want to grab your wallet and flee the room. That's right. Sleep on it. Okay. Literally. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 